Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Lido Pimienta is a gifted, outspoken musician and artist who originally hails from Barranquilla, Colombia, but has lived in Canada for a decade now. This is a new song of hers called Agua. Based in Toronto, Pimenta was featured on the cover of Now Magazine earlier this year discussing racism in the city's music community, and she's a key vocalist on A Tribe Called Red's latest album, We Are the Hallucination. She's renowned for writing challenging electronic music and singing impassioned songs in Spanish, as evident on her excellent new record, La Papesa. Lido Pimenta is a featured performer at State of the Mall 15, a benefit concert for the Canadian Cancer Society and Guelph Food Bank which I co-organize and this year takes place on Thursday, December 15th and Friday, December 16th at the E-Bar in Guelph. Lido and I caught up recently for a chat about empowerment, hope, feeling in music, and much more. So here now is a chat with Lido Pimenta on Creative Control. Well, first of all, thank you so much for being back on the show. No problem. My pleasure. It's been too long, I feel. I think it's been... You were on, like, three years ago. 
Yeah, that's a long time. And at the <laughs> time, La Papessa wasn't even. I think it was still. It was in a. Yeah, we were. Yeah, we were in a, making it, starting to, get it realized. Yeah, there has been some commentary that it, and I think you've acknowledged it too. It took a, it took a little bit. It took a lot longer than I think you thought, maybe. Yeah, a lot of stuff happened. That made that happen like that. Yeah, what kinds of things were going on there? Well, the biggest was the passing of my little brother. Oh, right. So, I'm sorry about that. Yeah, I just like took took some time, you know, and then and then yeah, I just got busy, you know. I I got busy with school, got busy with motherhood, um, you know. And then, uh, and then I was like, okay, let's do it. We're gonna be doing this again. Let's go in the studio. But then, our good friend got sick, and then that also made me take some some time. Um, and then, uh, but then I went on tour, <laughs> and then I went on tour, and and life just kept happening. And because I have a a practice that is not just music but art, you know, just many things kept 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 happening. But then. You know, finally, finally, I just said, you know what, let's just do it. Because I was shopping shopping it around after it was done and labels and stuff like that. They they want way more time, right? So you finish the album in 2013, 2015, 2016, and you're ready to show it. But then a label needs, you know, six to nine months to put it out so I was like you know I've, I've, I've already waited like three years so let's just just I'm just gonna do it myself and it's been good it's been great to release it and let go of you know the bad things and the good things and I'm excited about the new the new things that I'm working on now and I'm excited to show the videos that are gonna come for La Papesa so it's all really good I'm, I'm feeling really hopeful well, I mean, that's good to hear, and I'm sorry you've had such a, a difficult year. But I, I was thinking about your year and the fact that back in January, it began with you on the cover of Now Magazine, <laughs> which, yeah. for those who don't know, that's like Toronto's only, or, well, it's certainly Toronto's biggest alt-weekly, and I think the only one these days. Yeah. Uh, paper magazine, <clears throat> paper weekly newspaper um, thing. Paper? I just keep saying paper. I don't know why. <laughs> Talk about that experience because you were on for, I, I think, a very good reason. Yeah. But I, I'm just curious about the the effect that had and and the reaction to that. Can you talk about the whole situation? Yeah. Um. I mean, I didn't know that I was gonna be in the cover. I didn't know. Um. I just got you know an email being like, "Hey, we want to ask you some questions about um." you know, racism in music because it is an issue that I'm really glad that any outlet is willing to talk about. Um, because already, because we are in Canada, already because we're in Canada, we have this inferiority complex with the states. So, you know, that is an obstacle that all musicians face. And then, right. you know, being a person of color or, you know, or a woman in the music industry, and you want to do things your way, you know, you come with obstacles. There's obstacles that, that come. And uh, most of them, you know, as we know, they come in the shape of, uh, you know, wh white supremacy. And uh, it exists everywhere, right? So 
that's basically what I was poking or that I was speaking about. And the questions were, you know, were straightforward and I don't know, I have <laughs> I just say it like it is. I don't I don't feel like I sugarcoat anything and perhaps that's why they were like, you know what? Let's put you on the cover. Um <laughs> but it was interesting the reactions as well because of course, you know, the the there were a lot of positive um reactions but there were also very negative ones um like you know like well what what do you mean racism like the biggest artists are rihanna and beyonce like like do you want more like isn't that enough for you and or um like people messaging me personally and you know and being really rude and inappropriate and like how could how can you say that like go back to your country if you don't like it then and da 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 Stuff that I'm used to hearing, stuff that I'm used to um, just experiencing in my everyday life. But, I mean, I'm really proud of it, and it was a great honor. And, um, yeah, it's it, it was it was really great, and it really, it really gives me hope, you know, when, mm. when, when people are interested in, in anything that we're doing. And when I say we, you know, I speak about, you know, the othered or... <laughs> Uh, the people that don't um, are wearing a, I don't know, like a like a red plaid shirt and and have and walk around with an acoustic guitar. <laughs> I mean, you've long been uh, outspoken about the uh, domineering aspects of white male heteronormativity. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's something you've addressed. I think that's something we addressed the last time you yeah, were on the show. Yeah, and something and then, that is going to be addressed. Always. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because we don't know if it's ever going to change. So. Yeah. And one of the things you addressed in the now piece was power dynamics. Uh, th- this notion that the, the very fact that the power in the music industry is held primarily by white men mm-hmm. is in itself racist. And what we've experienced, uh, I think, more amplified in the last six months, eight months, uh, certainly since the U.S. election cycle, is this pushback against this from from white people who who feel hopeless and helpless yeah. in their within their role in the struggle mm-hmm. uh, because that's that's something that's something that gets addressed a lot like i think there are certain people who 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 are white who recognize that one of the ways they can help is to offer their positions to other people but that's not for everyone and it's yeah it's a difficult way to live a life to 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 be like well i'm going to 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 better society i'm going to marginalize myself almost i mean that's one of the that's one of the arguments Mm -hmm. that's something you spoke to right yeah i mean one thing is infrastructure and another thing is audience and another thing is talent right so so you know if you're in this position you can't just just give it up because the person is brown or black or indigenous, right? Like that's not mm-hmm. appropriate, you know? Well, well, that's tokenism. Exactly. Like it's like, and I say it all the time, like there's a lot of, um, I mean, I see it in myself, right? Like when I started performing, you know, I'm thinking that I'm the biggest deal. I'm thinking that I'm ready for uh, a career in music when in fact, you know, I wasn't ready my performance, you know, had a lot of potential, but I wasn't the best performer. I 
I still am not. I'm still learning, but I am way better than I was, you know, five years ago. So if the people that were booking me or booking me for these shows were booking me or booked me for bigger shows five years ago based on the fact that I am just because I'm a woman and I'm brown, they would have been doing me not a favor. And I see that, you know, in my peers or people that are emerging that, you know, they carry this attitude that they deserve to be in these bigger platforms and they get frustrated because they are not being, um, you know, booked in like bigger tours and stuff like that. But I'm like, you know, you're not ready. Um, and sometimes I see festivals booking women just because they're women. At the same time, right. you know, it is important that we get booked because we're women and because we are brown. But there is a standard that, that we must have. So it, it goes both ways. That's, I mean, that's what I, what I feel. And as far as, you know, I feel like festivals have a responsibility, you know, when it's a three-day festival and there's, you know, up to 60 bands, but only five of those are led or are women. And it's always mainly white women and then maybe one other brown person in their band right mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. to me that's what i would do you know that's what i if i were a festival those are the things that i would be you know there's so many amazing 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 acts like th there's no shortage of women in music and people of color in music indigenous people in music you know and i feel like in the context of canada you know the the construct of this Canadian landscape, we should, you know, prioritize, you know, and say and distribute it and give it, you know, the the platforms to the people that don't usually get booked that are very talented and are deserving. So I think that that, you know, I mean, a lot of, I mean, the wavelengths, you know, like those, like that festival, for instance, I always, I am like, the, it's big, I'm the biggest critic, cri cri critic for that festival because you know it, it it gets so much funding but i every year i see it and it's like white bands and then plus more and the plus more means oh this is the brown people <laughs> and it's not a lot it's always like one or two so you know it's like i'm, I'm if we're th talking about racism in toronto you know we have to start there you can be well intentioned but we have to be honest about it. We have to really talk about this. And, um, you know, like I do so many shows and I feel like I represent so many people and so many little boxes. And uh, no, when I don't yeah, see my I, people, yeah. when I don't see my people, like it, it concerns me and I feel like, should I even be doing this festival? Like I don't see, I maybe see two like Latinx people in the audience and it makes me feel disappointed, you know? Yeah, I, I hear where you're coming from. I mean, I think what you're saying is legitimate. I think that uh, the, there are like, I mean, obviously, you know, of extenuating circumstances in some like, for example, I, I only do a little bit of music programming. But sometimes you will endeavor to get anyone from any background to play. For sure. And you know, there are scheduling conflicts, mm -hmm. you can't quite make it happen. And if you're trying to put together something on a specific date, that's what you're left with. Mm -hmm. Again, I'm not apologizing for anyone. Of course. There is some behind... I think there are people making a great effort sometimes, 
but it doesn't, you know what it's like. It's like throwing a party. It's like trying to arrange a meeting with all these people and not everyone can make the meeting. And I think there are some people who are uh, organizers who are doing their best Mm -hmm. to to reach out to certain communities and it doesn't happen for various reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, That's just been my, I'm just thinking of my own personal experience trying to organize things lately. Yeah, It's just harder and harder to get people to, all land on the same date at the same time. Yeah, but when it's festivals that it's year after year after year, yes, and when they have the capacity of doing the f- the festival three or four times throughout the year, that's when we have to s- start, you know, questioning. Yes, like yes. what? Also, you know, there's brackets too, right? Like there's people that we all know, but then there's also the talent that you're not making the effort into going outside of your circle to go and watch, right? Like yes, what that's happens true. when you get comfortable in one area in the city, but then you're forgetting, you know, the north, the south, the east, and you're just in the west end. That's that's a problem because you're missing out on all this amazing um, music that's being produced, you know, North York or Ajax and, and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, the solution is one of the solutions is going out. For getting, sure. Like you would be going out and experiencing things, you know, like we live in this little bubble downtown Toronto and it's quite boring. Um, yeah. So, I mean, what's, what's the, what's the problem with like taking a, a doing like a little commute, just doing some like a like a commute of a, like a 45 to an hour you know you can just listen to an amazing record on the way there and then you go experience amazing music and there you go now you know what's happening in your city for real that's that's true i mean i'm as you know i live i don't live in toronto mm-hmm. i'm always commuting mm-hmm. to that to the city and and maybe beyond that too and it's true you tend to value the experience more you don't really have an opportunity to take it for granted because you've put You've invested your time and energy into going to find something mm-hmm. and and experience something. Mm-hmm. So I think there, there's something to be said that you, something to be said for that. You mentioned that the the Now Magazine experience did fill you with some hope. Yeah, and I'm curious if you can expand upon markers of hope or markers of change because I think over the last. 12, 16 months, we've seen a, a person like you. Your profile has risen. I feel like Tanya Tagak is doing, you know, her profile is as high as it's ever been. Mm-hmm. A Tribe Called Red. I mean, it, it kind of speaks to what you were saying about quality control and also empowering people yeah. to feel like they have a voice. Um, I assume that things like that fill you with hope, but is there more? What more would you like to see happen? Well, it should just be, it should just be happening faster. <laughs> Um, um, it should happen it it shouldn't take people this long Um, I mean when I look at myself for for example I mean I I feel like I I'm a miracle worker I feel like I am amazing I give myself all the props because even when people insist that I have someone else um, doing the work for me I'm not, you're right, I'm the only person that is running this show. I am the person that is booking yeah. the shows. I'm the one that's behind all the emails, you know. I am a single mom, and I also have an art career that I manage myself. 
Um, and things could be happening way faster for me had I have, uh, like if I have an agency, for example. But I know that, you know, agencies or the really good agencies, they need to make sure that um, there's like a market but they don't understand someone like me or my market because the fact of that I speak Spanish. So yeah. to me, it's like, well, that is really silly because if you see that I am filling rooms and people can't understand what I'm saying, but they're feeling the music and they're feeling my show, that should be, you know, like a sign that there is money to be made in two continents, <laughs> right? Like that's just <laughs> yeah, what I, yeah. and, and, and it, it should be so fast, right? Like it could be super fast the way that it happens in the States, right? Because you're not, you're thinking about, whoa, look how people show love to this artist. Let's help this artist and let's all um, build the artist and also um, have a career that we can all profit from because when it comes down to it, it is an industry, right? If I wasn't interested in making money and if I wasn't interested in being powerful and making, having the tools to empower other people, I wouldn't, I would not exist on social media, for for example. Like I would just be home and I would just have a show here and there because it's not what I want. But what I want is, you know, bigger recognition and like, be really um, relevant in music so that I can keep building my community and my people. So that's what I'm doing. So the more that we need is for, you know, these agencies to see past language and see past culture and see it for what it is, right? Like if you have, I don't know, uh, uh, I don't know, a Thai artist that is a, uh, Canadian and Thai and they're doing th stuff in their language it shouldn't stop you from wanting to sign an artist because you don't know like well I can't understand what they're saying you know it's like that's silly because there's a lot of Thai communities in Toronto Canada and the rest of the world you have like a whole diaspora from all the diasporas waiting to see their artists and feel represented and support the music So I feel like from a, yeah, like a, from a production point of view and like a business side, this is something that can help everyone, not just um, the same kind of styles of music and the same narrative of like very easy to understand packaged um, stuff. So that's one of the things that I've seen. You're speaking to a double standard, I think, too, just because music generally comes across because of the feeling it generates, not necessarily because of the content. Mm -hmm. There are some people who don't even pay attention to whatever their uh, you know, native language might be. They don't even pay attention to lyrics. The, a song just makes them feel yeah. a certain way. And maybe when, they're, when the song is contextualized, they can be either that experience can be heightened or it can be... Uh, degraded in some way because they're like oh mm -hmm. i didn't know they were singing about that yeah. uh so you know you because of a language barrier at least among people who don't speak spanish yeah you're operating primarily in emotion and feeling and that's yeah that must be interesting it's really it's a beautiful experience you know i often have people you know not often every single time that I perform and you have these people 
I just want to tell you, I don't know what you're saying, but I've never cried at a show as much as I cried at your show. Your voice really took me somewhere. Can I hug you? <laughs> you know, yeah. and you know, these are, you know, yoga moms with like the, you know, three kids trapped on their bodies. Right. Like, I'm like, this is great. <laughs> you know, cause <laughs> right. I was thinking about, you know, patri I was thinking about patriarchy and like, uh, you know, overturning, <laughs> you know, like heteronormative lifestyle. So yeah, girl, what's up? So those are the right. things that I say. It's like, if these people who supposedly will never understand and like will never get my music and will never buy a ticket to my show are telling me this, then I'm like, well, you're missing out because we could be traveling all around the world. I mean, I don't really even... I mean, the only music in, in English that I really listen to are, you know, my friends and, um, and like Beyonce and Solange, <laughs> but like everything else. Who are your friends? Those are, th they're your friends in a way. Yeah. So like Doom Squad and like a Bob Top Secret and, uh, you know, like local, just local, local bands, local stuff, like Tika the Creator, yeah. like old you know, all like lol, you know, like they're like, their messages are beautiful, you know, the scene here mm -hmm. in London, Ontario, you know, bands in Guelph, like my people, my peers, you know, I listen to their music. I'm inspired, you know, I'm very inspired by Jennifer Castle. I'm very excited that we're going to play together. I'm very excited by, um, about Basha Bula, you know, like we might be collaborating, you know. I really love Shad, you know, it's like we started writing songs together, you know, like I really connected with all these Canadian artists that communicate in English and I continue when I make music with them to sing in Spanish. So perhaps I'm onto, you know, these bilingual songs that need to happen, right? When you listen to a little part in English and another part in Spanish and yeah, there's hundred thousands of us that speak Spanglish that we're going to connect with this and you're going to tell me you know that an agency can get behind this and like get us a world tour I doubt it right like like I doubt <laughs> that they're um not seeing like the dollar signs because yeah that's their business right their business is to make the money the uh, my business is to make the music and inspire people so there there's a correct me if I'm wrong I and I hope I'm not I don't sound misinformed here there is something of a linguistic relationship between Spanish and French right for sure yeah it's romantic language yeah. Italian Portuguese yeah right and some of the some of the words and terms that you can see the etymology like you can kind of see how they're related mm -hmm. uh, to each other you you we live in Canada you and I live in Canada it is a known as a bilingual uh, country English and French are the primary official languages. We are considered to be a very multicultural country. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about? And, and I mean, I, from what I understand, Spanish uh, right up there with Mandarin as the most. You know, it's going to be the most dominant language. Yeah, uh, if it's if it's it's growing uh, every every day, every year. The the demographics are shifting, and, and Spanish is uh, really. You know, if you don't know Spanish, I think. As I don't, uh, you're going to be struggling at some point. <laughs> yeah. Better get on that. Talk a get her, get on that Rosetta Stone, Vish. <laughs> Hello. I'm going to work on it. I'm going to work on it. You know, my son's in French immersion, and it's really remarkable seeing a five-year-old speak uh, fluent 
not fluent, but he's he's yeah. he's getting really amazing at French mm -hmm. and bypassing me by leaps and bounds. Mm -hmm. And it does make me think I kind of want to get him into Spanish and I kind of want to learn. So you're not you're not far off. Rosetta Stone, really? Is that what I got to mm -hmm. do? I don't know. Maybe just a YouTube tutorial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to try something. <laughs> my, my point, though, is just from your perspective, and I don't expect you to speak for everyone, but can you talk a little bit about how prominent the Spanish community is in Toronto or in Canada? Is it a is it a growing population here? It's huge. Like I don't really speak English <laughs> in Toronto in my circle. Like <laughs> my the majority of the people that I interact with are just Latinx folk. Right? Like we just we're here yeah. and uh, we're all having babies and we're all sharing, you know, our language with our babies and I mean we're all colonized folk too right so we're kind of all in this um, journey of like even decolonizing that and, and learning our indigenous languages from our, our, our ancestral land so but it is it is really big you know but I mean to me the most fascinating thing is when I see you know English speaking people singing my spanish songs right because i yeah. play a lot so i have my people that come see me and they sing it with me right and uh they go they hear the sounds online and they learn it which is what we all do when i was in colombia and i couldn't speak english that well i liked the song i looked it up and i learned it because i was practicing <laughs> right so i don't know we're we're everywhere and and we're not gonna go anywhere we're only gonna keep expanding so yeah it's like it's 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 silly when when you miss the opportunity of booking a festival or an event and just keep it one language one demographic one style but that's not going to last in the universe that you and i exist in. yeah i think we have seen the more forward-minded festivals or programmers are onto this yeah, on some level. It's beautiful. We're, we're making we're making more noise about it, I think, to change established like establishment minds uh, because they're still entrenched in whatever they think is going to work. Yeah. But I do think that I mean I've learned of you because of some of these people, mm -hmm. uh, like some of these people booking you at things, and and that's where I was like, oh my god, like what is who is this? What is this? You know. <laughs> And that's great. That's a testament to, to something. I mean, but having said all of this, and I don't mean to, I don't mean to diffuse the hope that you uh, are, are 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 speaking about. But I mean, in the face of all of the progress, we are now living in a time where there has been a real pushback. For sure. You know, against. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. All of this, we, if anyone has been following the media, the mainstream media, uh, in the last year and a half, you've seen so much you've you've heard so much horrible rhetoric and you've yeah i think for some people they've been exposed to to voices that they didn't even know existed in terms of people who have hate yeah. and um, uh. and pain um what do you make of that well because the states um are such like they're number one at pr um we we feel like if they are allowed to do something now everyone else is allowed to do it too right like they're yeah like we're we're we follow their their model and um with this quote unquote alt right <laughs> rebirth you know all the closeted white supremacists are 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 not living in the closet anymore so for somebody like me who wrote her first solo song 10 years ago in London, Ontario, because a white man told her to go back to her country, you know, it, it isn't news to me, right? Like, we've been ready. We've been talking about it. We've been marching. We've been trying to say it, scream it, let people know. But, you know, it took the states to um, elect the wrong person and feel attacked for them to listen so i mean at the same time as as bad as it is we also understand that it has to get so bad for things to change so even in this um uncertainty and unfair reality revolution is gonna have to happen right like people that were comfortable before because they didn't feel threatened and by that I t i'm talking you know like mainstream like liberals um or like white liberals that like consider themselves like woke <laughs> you know but we're but we're gentrifying at the same time you know it's like it's important that those people wake up Right. And, and, and those are the people that are, you know, the art, the art folk. Right. Like these are the people that, you know, have the galleries and, and, and run the, the festivals and the craft shows and the whatever that's like creative. So it's important that, you know, they get with the with the program because we've been telling you um, and, and see what happens. I mean, I'm scared, but I'm also hopeful. I don't know why I, I just feel like 2017 is the year that we take it all back. And I hope that That's, people don't feel scared. Wow. Hmm. That's fascinating to me just because 2017 is, you know, a, a lot of people are lamenting what a terrible year 2016 was. But, I mean, between you and me, uh, 2017 is not shaping up to be great. Of course not. But we're going to fight. And if it takes a whole year of fighting so that 2018 and 2020 we're going to have a good life, then 2017 is going to be good. Because we've seen it okay. in history, 
right? Like we've, we've seen it. We know what, what happens when a tyrant goes up there. And someone like me who grew up in Colombia who is still going through this with this this happens every day where we 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 know there's we don't have rights women have no rights you know people of color have no rights we've been living like this so to me you know bring it on we already had a horrible 10 years with harper and we are with um trudeau it's a big disappointment right like he started off with you know his luscious hair and his pretty smile and then he said you know this pipeline, we need it because it's good for Canadians. And what Canadians is he talking about, right? Yeah. So yeah. we need to stop living in this fantasy and we need to fight and we need to stop being afraid of fighting, you know, because you can fight with love. You can fight with your brain. But if you have to fight physically and if it's going to come down to it, we all need to be prepared. Because we cannot do the keep calm and carry on anymore because it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah, This uh, over, over the course of conversations I've had with people about what's happening in the America and, 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 you know, just because I think some Canadians were surprised that that kind of sentiment might exist here. But again, I mean, this is a land built on genocide mm-hmm. so uh, i'm not sure why they would be surprised about that yeah but there is a real call to arms here uh, like you're saying this is i think i'm a bit confused about it because i can see the battle cry yeah i think the troubling thing is that this battle cry existed prior to the american election result mm-hmm. and i think some progressives are like look you guys were calling for the destruction of the country for you know in order for there to be light you have to have darkness Mm -hmm. but some moderation (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) might have been preferable to a complete swing to i'll just call it lunacy Mm -hmm. um irrationality because uh, you know it's it's i think it's one thing to say that a battle is coming but for those who don't who who are subjected to this evil i mean that's a that's a frightening thought that they're going to have to fight that they're just leaving their house every day might might be a dangerous proposition you know absolutely um the way that i the way that i see that though you know uh i just had this this uh we just did city of craft and i have these wooden pins in what 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 is city, city of craft, of craft is um, this craft show that happens every year at the at the theater center in downtown toronto oh okay and it's this beautiful festival that brings um crafters um in the city um and i have these wooden pins that yeah it's like an illustration that i laser cut and the illustration is um it's essentially it's a it's a face of a woman in a hijab and I color it in different colors, and it's really pretty, and, you know, um, people really love it and support it, and um, the last person who got one, uh, she came over, and, you know, and she asked me to, like, write, or, like, package it for a present for a youth, and that she knows, and uh, I asked her, you know, like, oh, like, like, um, like, what's her name, and ta-da-da-da-da, and then she said, you know, 
she just got someone like ripped it off her head and, and like she was like in the subway and someone just took it right mm. so mm. so i see that and i'm like you know i wish i would have been there <laughs> and i would have defended that person you know and this yeah, is something yeah. that has been happening like this isn't something that is happening now but it's something that has been happening we just didn't have the tools to document these incidents and the shame that that brings a lot of people don't even talk about it don't tell their parents and a lot of people um, are afraid to leave the house because of this that we are now noticing so somebody like me you know I'm not afraid to leave the house right mm -hmm. so I have that privilege that like I am not like instantly recognized as from this or that religion or this and this belief so if it comes down to having to fight then we just have to do it and fighting yeah. doesn't mean you know having carrying a knife or carrying a gun it means when you're in the ttc and uh and you see stuff happening you have to speak out you have yeah. to speak out don't wear a dumb pin Because that's that's like you know that's when you get you you get into the capitalism there and you get into the self interest and your own agenda, right? Like the white savior complex or the 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 columbizing of a struggle. So well, I think I think overall the 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 one of the pushbacks I'm seeing is that subtlety and symbolism isn't enough. Of course I mean, not. I It's passive aggressive. Yes. <laughs> it's passive and aggressive what, what am i going to well, do with a pin when someone is well, coming and screaming at someone go back to your country and calling them the n-word or calling them a terrorist what is this pin going to do right <laughs> it's a it's a form of ornamental self-righteousness mm -hmm. it's a it's a way of making someone feel good mm -hmm. when they leave the house that that because there is i think one of the things that's really come to light is that there's always more to do mm -hmm. uh, that enough is never enough. Mm -hmm. You know, um, this is why I was asking you earlier about markers of progress. Mm -hmm. um, because I think there are some people who are like, I booked a music festival. There are many minorities and underrepresented people done. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm done. I did it. We did it. <laughs> Good job. And guys. I think that, yeah. And I think that that's never enough. Um, And I think the, I think this is where people get. This is where the the a mix of hopefulness and hopelessness gets kind of. Yeah, it's a blurred line. Complicated. Yeah, because you want to you want to wake up every day and feel like you're you're making the world a better place, and whether that's by behaving in a certain way yourself or helping others, like you say. But I mean, every day is. I mean, it's the same for anything, I suppose. Every day we get up and we have to do something. Yeah, and, and it's hard, It's hard, you know, to do it on your own. And it's hard to expect it from, from everybody. And not everyone is, is good at it. But if you are a booker and you don't know any other acts outside of your circle, then then get someone that knows, right? Like, don't give up your position is what we were talking about earlier. But bring someone yeah. in your team that is going to do, you know, that is going to make sure that this is curated better, right? So that's that's a, a very um, easy tool that that we all have. 
Well, I, I've grown up being very suspicious of information that's being presented to me, mm-hmm. and, and I do know that a lot of the information that is presented to us by the government, or and I don't want to sound like uh, some kind of conspiracy mm-hmm. theorist, here, but <laughs> a lot of the information that we are presented is, is designed to make us afraid. For sure. Um, so I, 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 there is part of me that's still, there's obviously some actual physical evidence, and there have been incidents of, the rise of, of hatred and intolerance. Mm-hmm. But there is still a part of me that wonders if, if that's being amplified. Uh, I'm seeing it myself. I'm even in living in Guelph, there have been instances, I- incidents rather, of people expressing themselves in, in rather troubling mm-hmm. ways. But I'm still, like you, I'm trying to remain hopeful that this is still a minority voice like i mean when i say a minority voice i mean that the people who who support basically you know anti-progressive ideals and 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 people who don't have empathy and and who aren't tolerant i still hope that they're in the in the minority um, yeah but at the, at the same time i'm not ignoring the wake-up call i'm not sleeping no through because this. I know even up. any anything starts small and then gets bigger right like Right. Yeah. <laughs> like I was thinking about how I was like, because people were so surprised about Trump win, but I was like, listen, you forgot about the sister wives of the states <laughs> that yeah. probably weren't allowed out the com- the commune before because they have no business in there, but when they have someone that is going to represent, you know, their values and their business. You better believe it that they took all the vans out the garage and and and, and take, you know, th- these are the things that I'm like we, the 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 people that are doing, that are living like this, you know, that have their, um, you know, their outright, <laughs> their outright agenda, you know, they are acting quietly, you know, like they and they're very organized right and they are growing at a very rapid pace because you know what you were talking about before you know all the like the straight white males that are feeling threatened by culture you know and their own culture is disappearing and their language is disappearing you know um these things that are happening and 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 they're going to continue to grow i i am hopeful but i am also aware and i know that this is not going to get better so what we have to do is that we have to not hide it right like when you not when you don't talk about it when you ignore it and when you say it's not that bad or when you say this isn't really happening this is just like some isolated event like that's when you're giving them more power you know right yeah so that is a good point and we were talking earlier about the the kind of language barrier that some of your work uh, exists in, I suppose. Mm. Um, can you talk a little bit about your your latest record, the meaning behind La Pepesa, and and maybe whether or not some of what we've been discussing is reflected within some of the content of your songs? Um, I wouldn't... I think we should first call it a language opening. You're you're not happy with the fact that I've created an obstacle right yeah. away. 
<laughs> that's this is that's a fair. Language, language this opening. This is a language that's right. opening. That's, you know. I appreciate that correction. That's very well put. If you like what the sound and you don't understand what I'm saying, maybe you should look it up and you're going to learn some things. Um, yeah. But yeah, the newest record is called La Papesa, which means High Priestess. And it is inspired in the tarot card of the same name. Um, the symbolism in this card is really striking. Um, in many of the representations, you see uh, a young woman um, sitting on her throne um, and she's she's holding a book and she is also wearing a head wrap that doesn't allow her to see outside of that vicinity and she is just focusing on her book so the way that i interpret it the high priestess is this female entity that is preparing herself um with knowledge and and love so that's why i decided to name it um that way um and the songs they start um because I wrote them like almost four years ago, almost five years ago, like the first song I, I was, was conceived after I broke up with my, with my um, father's, with my son's father. And mm -hmm. um, the song is about, you know, feeling, feeling like that disappointment when you, when you, or when you feel like you disappointed your child, you know, And then it evolves into, I hope that you're doing okay and I want you to do well. And then it evolved into, you know, other songs about, you know, being by myself and really enjoying to be by myself. And then what happens when you let another person come in your life and it doesn't work out. And then, you know, I get into talking about, you know, being in Canada and what did it, what does it mean and what does it mean to be on indigenous land, but... Um, consider yourself Canadian and all of the things um, and that's what the album is about you know it's a it's hmm. a kaleidoscope of it's a yeah it's a documentation of of like the last five years five six years of living in in in, in Canada and trying to put it into words and into sounds and um, I am very proud of it and I'm very proud of my my band that really helped me go through, you know, the death of my brother and my friend's illness yeah. and, you know, moving to Toronto and getting used to lifestyle here and, you know, very lucky to have, you know, the collaborations in the album. I have Melody McIver and they're an Anishinaabe viol viola player and they're in one of the songs and Um, this artist from Colombia called Andrea Echeverri is in one of the songs. And so it's very beautiful, beautiful album. I'm, I'm extremely proud of it and very excited to um, um, play it outside of Canada um, in the very near future because I'm trying to um, get these dates all wrapped up. Well, it's remarkable to me that you're able to convey so much information within your music and that so many people are processing it again on almost an emotional level. Yeah. I, I think that they're probably picking up on some of what you're saying, um, depending on maybe their own understanding of Spanish or, or even without, I mean, that's, it's a pretty amazing thing that you're, you're on. You feel it, you know, my music, you can, mm -hmm. you can taste it. You really can. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, I agree. And I've seen it and I've heard it and I agree. So we've talked about the fact that it's taken many years for this record. Are you on to your next project? Yep. I, in fact, just came back from Santiago de Chile and I was recording a new project um, that I'm calling uh, Miss Colombia. Um, and it's, um, I engineered it with this Chilean um, producer called Andres Nusser. And um, some of the beat beat production was co-produced with Matt Smith, also known as Prince Nifty. Um, mm -hmm. So we worked on it in like three weeks. And now I am finishing the rearrangement of some brass for it. So, yeah, like I'm hoping that in January I wrap up like the last elements for it. But I'm very excited. I'm actually fundraising for the studio and co-production costs. Um, you can find it on GoFundMe, Miss Columbia Fund. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, and when people donate, they get uh, artwork from me. I actually, tomorrow I have to ship a bunch of artwork for all the people that have supported. So I'm very excited about that and thank everyone that are supporting me because you don't know if sometimes you get a grant, sometimes you don't get it. So I like to do it yeah. my own way and not wait for arts councils to give me a break because there's a lot of competition and I feel like um, there might be others that um, deserve it more than me. So I'm just getting it my own way, you know. Yeah, well, no, it's great. I think you deserve it. Don't, <laughs> don't second guess yourself. Where where can people learn more about you online, Lido? Um, they, I mean, they can ask Google. They just type in my name <laughs> and then a lot of things yeah. come up. But yeah, like, just go on my Instagram, Lido Pimienta, or my Twitter, Lido Pimienta, or my Facebook, Lido Pimienta, or my SoundCloud, Lido Pimienta. You're very it's active. It's just mine. I'm just everywhere. I exist more yeah. online than I do uh, in person. So. <laughs> and so it's very entertaining to follow yeah. you on uh, the various social media platforms. So, uh, Is there a song from La Papesa that we can go out on? Um, I would say Quiero. Quiero que te vaya bien because... Uh, that's the a video is coming soon for that one. Okay, you you see you're on top of it. You're promoting. Yeah, quiero que te vaya bien, which means I want you to do well. I want you to do well. Well, that seems like a nice note for us to end on based on the conversation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well Lido, thank you so much for being back on the show and and best of luck with everything and you know, for what it's worth, I want you to do well. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> thank you, Vish.
Quiero que te vaya bien by Lido Pimienta. That is from her new record, La Papesa. Thank you, Lido, for being back on this program and being so insightful and thoughtful. And uh, I, I love Lido. And uh, it's, it's a good life when you can meet people like Lido and, uh, and encounter their music. So I feel lucky and fortunate. So thank you, Lido, for being you. Lido is playing Stay Out of the Mall, 15. This is my uh, annual benefit concert for the Canadian Cancer Society towards leukemia research in memory of my friends Sharon Marshall. It's happening at the E-Bar, 41 Quebec Street in Guelph, Ontario. Come on down. Lido's playing Thursday, December 15th, which is my birthday. Not to toot my own birthday horn, but hey, it's my birthday. I'm excited. It's a nice way to spend your birthday. Great music. Jennifer Castle is headlining. Also on the bill, Culture Reject. It's a lot of people who have been on the show, I just realized. That's pretty cool. And then the following night, Friday, December 16th, which is not my birthday, but still a fine day, The Lonely Parade, who were just on the show recently, The Magic, and Horsey Craze, featuring members of the Constantines. Uh, it's a tribute to Neil Young. That's all happening. Stay out of the Mall 15, the E-Bar, 41 Quebec Street in Guelph. Come on down. 10 p.m. doors. It's going to be fun. This is the 295th episode of Creative Control with Vish Khanna, and you can learn more about the show on iTunes. Please go to iTunes and subscribe to this show, rate it, review it, tell your friends about the show, and tell them to go to iTunes to access it, or they can listen to it via audioboom.com as well. And uh, all of the episodes are uh, plainly archived on my website, vishkana.com. While you're on my website, you can go to our link to make a flexible monthly donation to our Patreon page. You can also learn how to follow the show on Twitter, at Vish Creative, or like us on Facebook. And a version of this show airs every Wednesday at noon, Eastern Standard Time. Around the world, at CFRU.ca, or if you're in the region, at CFRU 93.3 FM in Guelph. I'd like to thank our sponsors, The Bookshelf, an independently owned bookstore, bar, music venue, movie theater, and restaurant located at 41 Quebec Street and uh, to learn more uh, about all of their stuff including uh, blogs and directions and accessibility and to order books from their online store from anywhere in the world visit bookshelf.ca also Pizza Trocadero the finest pizzeria in all of Guelph, Ontario located at 7 Municipal Street in Guelph trocaderoguelph.ca for more information call them at 519-829-2444 for pickup or delivery and new to the show planet bean coffee planet bean coffee has three locations in guelph but they also are servicing uh, their coffee to other places throughout ontario and you can learn more about them at planetbeancoffee.com fantastic coffee we're going to do a deal where you can get free coffee if you mention our show to the people who work at Planet Bean. We're not doing it yet, but that's a thing that we're working on. A promo. A promo. So there's all of those things. I think I've said everything. Almost the end of the year, and uh, still some more episodes to come. So stick around. Follow the show. I told you how to do it. Thank you for listening. See you at State of the Mall. Happy birthday to me, and goodbye for now.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.